Have you ever felt stuck in learning mode, like an education overload? Maybe you were prepping for an important professional certification exam, or you were in grad school taking classes, or maybe you, like me, purchased a whole bunch of online courses about growing your business with social media, Pinterest, copywriting, graphic design, and a million other things. My friend Logan actually said the other day when I mentioned a workshop that I'd watched recently, are you ever not learning? (laughs) So I laughed, but it really got me thinking. Lifelong learning is actually one of my core values. I fully believe in being an old dog who learns new tricks and always being open to new ways of doing things or doing things better. And then yesterday, I came across a quote from a guy named Samuel Johnson. It goes like this. People need to be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. Okay, one more time. People need to be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. So what you're saying, Sam, is that I should be spending more time going back over what I already know? Hmm. This sounds like a great opportunity to get back to the basics of time management. Hey friends, and welcome to episode 78 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's episode is a reminder that sometimes getting back to the basics is the best way to get a handle on or do a refresh of your current time management and productivity situation. Very often, I get asked, Where should I start when it comes to managing my time? So today, I'm giving you a reminder of three time management basics, the go-to tools in any time management toolbox. Time blocking, task batching, and boundaries. If you could use a reminder to refresh how you are spending your time, I know I sure could, then this episode is for you. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and listening in the car while you're running errands or you're doing stuff around the house like laundry or unloading the dishwasher, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. Don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes. Today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 78. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to click the subscribe button or the follow button to be notified as soon as new episodes of It's About Time go live. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. Your reviews actually play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And you might just get a shout out in a future episode like this one going out to CRH Studi. CRH Studi was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes for It's About Time. She writes, my favorite podcast. I've jumped into podcasts this year as a 2021 goal. I commute 1.5 hours one way in Los Angeles, lucky me. I started a new job that I figured out I was significantly underqualified for. This podcast has helped me develop professional skills that I desperately need. Thank you so much for helping me improve my work performance, organization, time management, and mental health. Thanks for helping me to not get fired. 
I love the content, resources, and the sweet, friendly conversation. First of all, CRH Studi, I hope I'm saying that right. It means the world to know that It's About Time is your favorite podcast. Seriously, you have no idea. Please know that I'm cheering you on as you're growing as a professional and finding your way in your new role. Honestly, the fact that you're seeking out resources and trying your best to develop the skills that will enable you to thrive says so much about you, your leadership, and your potential. I hope that It's About Time continues to be helpful and encouraging for you during your commute. Be safe on the road and thank you again. All right, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, I'm very often asked, where do I start when it comes to time management? And it's such a great question. There are so many strategies, tactics, methods for to-do list making, using timers, bullet journaling, setting alarms, prioritizing, not to mention plugging things into project management tools like Asana and Trello. It's honestly enough to make your head spin. And sometimes I feel the same way whenever I dive into a new book on productivity and learn a new strategy or way of doing things. But after test driving so many strategies and playing mad scientist with a trial and error, I always come back to three simple tools in my time management toolbox. Maybe you're already super familiar with these three strategies and you use them every day. And if that's the case, awesome. And maybe you've only recently heard of these and you're interested in trying them out. Either way, let this be your reminder that sometimes the simple way is the best way. First tool in the toolbox, time blocking. Simply put, Time blocking is creating blocks of time in your schedule for specific items on your to-do list. If you use a paper planner or a digital calendar like Google Calendar, then you're probably already putting blocks on your calendar for meetings and appointments. Time blocking is basically scheduling a meeting with yourself to do a specific task. Time blocking is an essential time management tool for a few reasons, but my favorite reason is that it enables you to be more realistic about what you can actually accomplish in a day. So often we make a to-do list in the morning with 37 things on it, and then we're so mad at ourselves at 4.30 when the day is gone and we still have 33 things left on our list. So here's how we're going to use time blocking to manage our time. Instead of making that 37-point to-do list and then skip hopping around and choosing things to do at random, narrow down your list and choose the top three most important things you need to do today. Then put those three things in your calendar like a meeting. And just like you wouldn't stand up a coworker for a meeting, at least I hope you wouldn't do that, commit to working on each of your top three during the blocks you've created. 
When you start your day by mapping out what you'll work on and when you'll work on each thing, you're setting yourself up for realistic success. Let's be real. You can make a to-do list with 37 things on it, but there is no reality in which you could actually do all 37 of those things during normal business hours. Unless perhaps you have a time turner like Hermione in Harry Potter. The second tool in the toolbox, Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Task batching. Task batching is kind of like time blocking's cousin. Or it's like the jelly to time blocking's peanut butter, like milk and cookies. Time blocking and task batching just work well together. And speaking of cookies, task batching always makes me think of batches of cookies. So let's get to that reminder of what exactly task batching is, how it works, and how you can use it to be more productive. Task batching is grouping like activities together and doing them all at once. Task batching makes you more productive because you cut back on context switching, aka switching back and forth between different tasks. You see, every time you switch tasks, you're using up, wasting actually, mental energy, and you're losing time trying to figure out the next step. Task batching gets you in a groove, almost to the point of being able to put yourself on autopilot. And consistently task batching streamlines your workflows and makes you more productive. And if you're still scratching your head about how this applies to you, think about doing laundry. When we do laundry, we don't wear a shirt and then wash the shirt by itself 
in the washing machine and then dry that one shirt and then iron that shirt and then put the shirt away and then go get a pair of pants, wash the pants, etc., etc. No, we use a laundry basket to collect a whole bunch of dirty clothes and then we wash a load of them. We dry a load of them. We fold them and put them away. Task batching is applying the laundry method to other parts of our life. So here are a few examples to give you some inspiration. So again, task batching is grouping like activities and doing them all at once. Some people do this with a marketing Monday routine by grouping all of their weekly marketing activities on Monday morning, writing blog posts, writing social media posts, pitching media. I actually have a Finance Friday routine that I talk about back in episode 15, where I tackle all of my dreaded financial to-dos all at once on Friday mornings. Back when I was the marketing manager at a museum, I was responsible for creating social media content featuring works of art on display in the museum. Now, I could have taken a photo of a piece of art and then gone upstairs and written the social media caption and then posted that picture and the caption to Instagram every day, multiple times a day. But instead, once a week, I set aside time to walk around the museum and take pictures of all of the pieces of art that I wanted to showcase. Then I gathered all of those photos and in one sitting wrote all of the captions. And then once all the captions were written, I scheduled everything out using Planoly, my favorite scheduling tool. So that's a batch for taking the photos, a batch for writing the captions, and a batch for scheduling. Boom, boom, boom. So much faster than had I done each post one by one. When I worked on a political campaign, I was responsible for writing a thank you note for every single donation that came through. And we would get anywhere from five to 50 donations in any given week, and they'd come in at random times throughout the week. In fact, I got an email alert every single time money hit the bank. Now, I could have dropped what I was doing, written a thank you note, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, and walked it out to the mailbox. But instead, I held all of those thank you notes on a list until Friday, kind of like putting them in a laundry basket. And then I wrote all of those thank you notes on Friday afternoon in one sitting, usually on a patio and sometimes while enjoying a glass of wine. So what do you do on a regular basis that could be batched? And then once you identify your batches, use time blocking to decide when you'll tackle each batch. Time management double whammy. And by the way, back in episode 56, time management coach and content batching queen Amanda Warfield and I dedicated an entire episode to task batching. So don't miss that episode if you want a full refresher on task batching. The third tool on our reminder list today is boundaries. Boundaries can sometimes feel like an abstract concept when it comes to time management, but they don't have to be. Having clear boundaries in time management is kind of like building a fence, building a fence around your workday, building a fence around your personal time, even building a fence around your social media or tech use. If you don't get crystal clear on when you're willing to work and what time is protected for your personal life, everything kind of blurs together and anything can happen at any time. 
which is what leads us to feeling like we can never turn off work and be present during our off time. When we don't set boundaries around our work, we don't feel off time very much or at all even. Working remotely this past year has made those boundaries even blurrier. So here's my challenge to you on boundaries. Set work hours for yourself. Yes, you might technically have set work hours by your company or business, but do you adhere to those in the evenings? Or do you pull out your laptop and do a little work after dinner? Which if you do and enjoy that and you want to pull out your laptop and do a little work after dinner, then no judgment. But if you don't, or if you, like me, will keep working until 2 a.m. if you're not careful, then I encourage you to set an end time for yourself. Studies show that putting away all blue light from screens two hours before bedtime will improve the quality of our sleep. So maybe that could be your rule of thumb. Consider setting an alarm on your phone to stop working if you have a tendency to get lost in your work. Boundaries aren't just about protecting yourself from potentially bad things like overworking. They're also for protecting good stuff like personal and family time. Can you protect a specific time frame each day or each weekend that's dedicated to quality family time or self-care? Scott and I used to protect time every Saturday morning to go to the gym as a family. We'd drop Camilla off at the gym's playland for kids and then head our separate ways in the weight room. And if the weather was nice, all three of us would head out to the pool after for some pool time. Our Saturday gym time went on the calendar, and we planned other activities around it to protect that time. Having clear boundaries with your time, whether it's working hours or personal family time, makes it easy for you to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. One more reminder, you have enough time. You have enough time for the most important things. You just have to be intentional with how you use it. And when you use all three of these time management tools together, task batching, time blocking, and boundaries, you're setting yourself up to be more productive and feel more fulfilled than ever before. So there you have it. I'd love to know if this reminder was helpful for you. So head over to the It's About Time podcast community on Facebook and let us know. You can find it in the show notes or by going straight to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash community. As always, all of the details from today's episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 78. And before we go, let me tell you a little bit about next week's episode, episode 79. Setting and sticking to healthy boundaries is easier said than done. Saying no can be challenging, and the next thing we know, our calendars are filled with other people's priorities. Tune in next week as C.G. Townsend, host of the Being Balanced podcast, shares what it means to be balanced and how to define and enforce healthy boundaries in your life. Hint, it starts with getting clear on what matters most. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today.
Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.